Greetings, this is Bob Ponderelli, co-host with Mike Sherrick of Into the Gap Radio, which airs Saturday afternoons at 1 o'clock Central on 1590 AM and 95.9 FM Chicago. This is the podcast version of our show where you'll get highlights of our most recent episode. Okay, let's get started. Here's my co-host, Mike Sherrick. Hey, welcome. This is Saturday, December 21st. This is Into the Gap. This is Mike Sherrick. My co-host, Bob Ponarelli, is not in today, and but I've got a great guest, Mr. Rory Clark, good friend of mine. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you, Mike? I'm do- good, man. My, my partner called in. He's upset with me. I pissed him off. I, I'm sure you're going to have a hard time imagining how I could ever piss anyone. I, I can't imagine you really <laughs> getting anybody else upset. Yeah, could you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> the list is so long, dude, it's unbelievable. Like, if he only knew, right? Uh, so yeah. welcome, man. Welcome. Thanks. It's good to be here with you. Yeah, it's great to have you here, man. So I just want to share with you a little bit, because I don't. I, my guess is you haven't heard the show, but the show, what the show's really about, it's, it's dedicated to men in leadership. And the, the name of the show is Into the Gap. It's really talking about where we're at now as a culture, as a group, as a collective, and what our commitment is. And that's why, and the, the action is to take action into the gap. And so that's the idea behind the, behind the logo and behind the, the, the meaning of it. So, um, and that's what, that's what we try to do every week is really kind of look at where we're at. So we always start with, and that's one of the things Bob does, he always starts with the uh, documentation of existing conditions because that's a construction phrase. And we were both in construction. And it just yeah. looks at where we're at today. And, you know, when you, we look at what's going on today, the first thing that we're dealing with is, uh, the impeachment. I mean, that's been all over the place, right? And I yeah. just would love to get your take on that. It's a farce. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't think there's been a president that has been treated this disrespectfully yeah. ever. <laughs> you know- and, you know, I, I, I just have to readily admit, I don't watch the news because I am broadcast trained and I know that <laughs> that's the news right, you are. is the same 12 stories every day with different people and different names. Yeah. And it's all designed to make us afraid and to divide us and to misinform us. And it's never been more the case than now. There's there's very little objectivity in Mm. media. It's all slanted. And I'm going to tell you what to think. Yeah. And people have stopped reading. So they stopped developing their critical thinking skills. And as a result of that, they're living a soundbite life where people tell them what to think and then they go around saying all the things that somebody has told them to think. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that you are brought, you get your master's degree from Southern, right? In, yes. In communication or in radio and TV or something, right? That's right. Yeah. Public visual communication. Yeah. Uh, it was preparing me to run a public radio or TV station. Yeah. 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 Southern yes. Illinois University at Carbondale. At Carbondale. Not, not the one <laughs> over by St. Louis. Exactly. Yeah. Not, yeah. not the E. <laughs> <laughs> and of course you're a graduate of Northwestern University and a former Northwestern uh, Wildcat, right? That's correct. And you're, you're, you rocking, you're rocking the colors. It was so funny, man. I went on your, your Barah Ministries thing and I'm going, <laughs> Dude's rocking Northwestern colors for his church, man. Purple is my favorite color. It's the color of royalty. It's the color of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I love everything in my life is purple. I love it. We should have, the, it. We should have the Wild Bunch uniforms being purple, you know? We should have. That would have been cool. Yeah, see, I didn't have any influence, though. So, yeah, see, well, because uh, you were a black guy and we were a bunch of racist white dudes. That's why, you know? <laughs> were you there when we had the, the, the ketchup and mustard colors? 
No, I wasn't. Oh, we, we, had... we, we looked like the Boston Red Sox. Okay, yeah. That's, that's when Frio got involved. We had the Boston Red Sox stuff going. But yeah, before yeah. that, we had literally ketchup and mustard. Like oh, bright God. red and yellow, dude. No, you couldn't have gotten me to wear, wear that. I'm sorry. <laughs> they were horrible. They were horrible. I've got I've got standards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Bud. We, we, thanks so much for what you're putting in there about uh, the media. Uh, I, I would say then, if their if their mission is to divide us as a culture, uh, I would say mission accomplished. They are totally successful at it. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. Mission accomplished. Uh, one of the things that, like, one of the ideas when we put this radio show together was to really offer, um, like, an alternative message. We don't really tell people anything. The intention is to really get people to think about things, you know? Yeah. And to really yeah. question these hard-held beliefs that they have. Because most of the beliefs, what are they grounded in, you know? And and as I started looking, you know, because I work as a coach, Right. And one of the things I always want to get to is I want to find out, like, where's someone coming from? Where, what's informing their decision, you know? And yeah. what I learned is it's a lot of BS a lot of times. And it's, yeah. it's not self-generated or it's not generated from a purpose above them, greater than them, which would be either a spiritual. It would be spiritual or it would be God, right? I mean, that's, that's when we're centered and we're being generated from something greater than us. And I, I don't want to be preachy here, but of course, you know, I too am a Christian, you know, so it doesn't take much to connect the dots of where I'm coming from. You know, if that, if that's the center of your life and that's what's informing your decisions, things become relatively clearer, you know, but if it's about looking good or popular opinion or making sure no one gets upset, it can get pretty freaking murky. Yeah. You know, my opinion, as I see it does not matter. Yeah nor do my beliefs matter. Right. The only thing that matters is what's true. Right. Uh, the Bible says, whatsoever things are true, let your mind dwell on these things. So people get all into their beliefs as if they came here with <laughs> beliefs. Yeah. Right. When or you the popped out of the right. womb, yeah. all you wanted was the milk and somebody <laughs> to change your diaper. You didn't have any beliefs. I wanted a, so, I wanted a blanket because I get cold easily. You know? Yeah, me too. <laughs> That's why I live in Phoenix. That's right. So, you know, over time, yeah. we start adopting these beliefs, and then it, with our intense desire to be right, yeah, we surround ourselves with people and things that affirm our beliefs, whether those beliefs are true or not. You yeah. know, I've been a Christian for 57 years, and 50 of those years were spent in deception. Mm. I was on the track to be a Jesuit priest. I was a Roman Catholic for 21 years. Yeah. And people would tell me that that Roman Catholicism wasn't it. And I would look at them like they were Martians. Yeah. And then I compared what the catechism says and what the Bible says, and they were saying different things. And then it's like, oh, wow, I've been deceived. And then I went into another thing, systematic theology, for 29 years and let myself be deceived again. So yeah. 50 years I've spent in deception because of my beliefs. You know, all but, that matters is what's true. Yeah, you know, what what's that? What's that phrase? It's about the devil, and it's you know, it's about that's that's the work of the devil is deception. I mean, and I think that's so much what goes on. I know myself; I struggle every single day of really identifying what's true, and I make a lot of mistakes, man. I <laughs> make a ton of mistakes. I screw well, up that, constantly. That's yeah. how you get to the truth. No, I understand. You get, you get to the truth by making mistakes. But, but the thing is, so many people are afraid of making mistakes. 
Definitely. What's up with that? It's yeah. weak. Is that what it is? It's ab- it's weak. It's absolutely weak. That so you know, Carol Dweck wrote a book yeah. called Mindset. Mindset, right? great book, great book. The yeah. fix the fixed mindset yeah. versus the growth mindset. And people who have a fixed mindset about a subject yeah. think that all of your traits are inborn. Therefore, anytime you engage in something, you either have it or you don't. Yeah. And if you don't, then you shouldn't put effort into that thing. And we look at them and say, well, God, they're lazy. They're not lazy. They're determined. They've made a decision. They're not going to do that thing. Yeah. And the world is filled with people with fixed mindsets. Oh, I know, man. I know it. it, And you see it all over the media. You see it all over social media, you know, definitely. The thing, the thing that I find that's the most fascinating is, um, when someone, there are people out there that get victimized, right? There's people out there that get beat up. There's people out there that get abused at work. There's people, I mean, we were just talking about beforehand. I mean, there's, there's behavior that goes on out there that's aberrant, right? Yeah. And so the people that that actually happens, happens to, I have got compassion for, you shouldn't be subject to aberrant behavior. The thing that makes me nuts is when people are, get aligned with those people, like nothing's ever happened to them, but then they get offended, (laughs) You know? Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm talking about? And then I know exactly what you're talking about. What's up with that? I don't know. I, (laughs) you know, I teach salespeople how to sell. And I have an example that I use in the class about people who comply Mm -hmm. when they're dealing with you. They say yes, but they really mean no. And when I'm doing this example, I use a Japanese accent. (laughs) <laughs> and I use the Japanese accent because the lady that I'm describing was Japanese and I'm yep. just repeating exactly how she sounded. Yep. And when I do it in the classroom, people get offended. Yeah. Everybody but the Japanese guys. Yeah. You know, the Japanese guys think it's funny, but other people in the class, well, that's offensive to Japanese people. You're not Japanese. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you're you're always dealing with the with people who are just Pollyannas who yeah. who want the world to be a certain way that it's not. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah, there's it, this this whole hypersensitivity and empath empath uh, thing that goes on out there. That's just kind of I don't get. Uh, listen, tiring. we're gonna we're gonna take a break, and when I come back, I want to talk about you teach one of the greatest skills. If people want to live a great life, if you are good at sales, you will never be broke. So. I want to I want to come back and talk a little bit about that. Not so much about the nuts and bolts, but really the thinking behind it and what yeah. leads to great salespeople because when you're a great salesperson, you can become a great leader too. Bob Pontarelli here, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We'll have more Into the Gap episode highlights after a short break. Into the Gap is on a quest for bringing self-knowledge right up against the glass of the great display window of life. We're also on a quest for advertisers to support this podcast, our weekly radio show, and our unfiltered podcast. If you'd like to get more information and inquire about rates, please contact me at bob at intothegapmedia.com. This is Bob Pontarelli, and Into the Gap is most pleased to have Chicago Aquaponics sponsoring our show. Chicago Aquaponics provides superior quality hemp seeds, seedlings, and clones to hemp farmers everywhere. What you can count on from Chicago Aquaponics is the finest quality product imaginable and a true relationship that helps farmers succeed in producing an equally high quality product. You can find them at chicagoaquaponics.com. Join the hemp revolution at Chicago Aquaponics. 
This is Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our radio show, which airs every Saturday at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM. Okay, back to the show now. Here's Mike. So, yeah, I want to I talk about, I mean, you and I met uh, in 1987, so yes. it's not quite 35 years ago, 33 years ago, and you were, you started out as a sales trainer, an outside sales trainer, and you became the director of marketing, I believe it was. That's right. Yeah, and and you were literally there to polish up a, basically a pirate ship filled with just these rowdy dudes, right? That were, yeah. <laughs> were just taking no prisoners and, you know, all we wanted to do was have nice foreign cars and nice suits and make a ton of money, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, it was excellent to work at a company that I didn't fit at at all. No, 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 man. It was, and you did though, bud, because like you made such a pro- profound difference for me. You know, like I had no clue what I was doing. I was an engineer, you know, mm-hmm. and I was told to go sell some stuff, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. So yeah. Tell me about like, let's, let's talk about the whole sales thing. I, you know, it's funny after, uh, I, 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 you know, you and I, we did some stuff together and we discovered a lot of things together and I learned so much from you and, and all the different sales things. And, and what I did is I went on and I, I was a sales leader and sales manager for a bunch of couple few companies. And what I told guys was if they came to work for me, I couldn't promise them lifelong um, employment. But what I could promise them was the ability to make as much money as they ever needed to make the rest of their lives. You know, mm-hmm. And what's so cool about it, seven of the guys who used to work for me are actually presidents of companies. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Including That is amazing. Including Kim Seidelman. Remember him? Oh, that's neat. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. So there's... Uh, there's, yeah, there's like uh, presidents or CEOs or, or general managers, they're, they're running these big divisions, you know? So it's, it's really mm-hmm. pretty interesting. And it's all, it's, it's out of your legacy, which I believe is at the core of being a man in masculinity, which is to provide, to protect, and to leave a legacy. And so in salesmanship, you actually work on the skills of definitely leaving a legacy, but definitely you learn how to provide. Yeah, so, that's right. Hey. So I created, uh, I was in the broadcast industry for six years and I worked for uh, some of the worst managers (laughs) uh, ever. Aren't they gifts though, dude? The really bad managers are really good gifts. Well, they are because they force you to look for other ways to succeed. Exactly. And so after six years, I asked myself a single question. Uh, I'm selling for six years and I don't know the answer to this question. What do you have to do? to take a sale from start to finish. Yeah. And so I went to a bookstore to look for the book that would tell me that. And there weren't any, there are books that would tell me about the pieces. So I decided to dedicate my life to creating a curriculum Mm -hmm. that would teach people how to take a sale from start to finish. Mm -hmm. So focus selling is 10, three day workshops implemented over a six month to 12 month period with 50 people. Mm -hmm. 10 five-person teams and they learn every expertise in customer development and you were the very first person i taught focus selling to yep and you sold the very first focus selling deal that i was able to do yep and it helped me to develop my curriculum yeah and i've been i've I've taught in 30 countries i know man and thousands of salespeople and turn them into fire-breathing dragons and that's just what's fun we, you know, you talk about leadership, men and leadership. That's what's fun. Absolutely, dude, because it's it's creating something. You know, I, I knew 
like when I had the evidence collected that this thing you do was like world-class, like for real badass Mm -hmm. is when we were working with Steve Mm -hmm. and I put that, that deal together with General Motors, the biggest Mm -hmm. company in the world. And how long did it take? 38 days. Start to finish, man. And, and it was for for what, like $8 million, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember, Hey, I was the acting VP. I know you sucked as a VP of sales. You were terrible. I did. And you know, I turned into this monster and I called you and I said, Mike, what are you doing? And you said, I got my feet up on the desk and I'm looking out into the yard. Yeah. Yeah. I said, don't you think you ought to be out on sales calls? (laughs) <laughs> and so, I've, you know, and then you go bring in that $8 million deal. And I've told this story in class after class. Well, one client that I have now, yeah. every single time I see the guy, he yeah. says, okay, well, I'm going to go into my uh, room and put my feet up on the desk. <laughs> Dude, I still do it. I still That's do awesome. it. You know? Uh, so yeah. Important. I just, I just had it like this last two weeks, like December, everybody like December, you don't do any business, right? Uh, yeah, like, right. Yeah. So far, I'm like, I think I booked about three big deals. It could be anywhere from one hundred and twenty to eight hundred thousand dollars. You know, absolutely. Because there's some of the some of these are introductory deals. You know, but there's mm-hmm. a bigger one to follow. So it's somewhere there. But yeah. three massive freaking deals since the beginning of the month. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, this is the best time to sell because yeah. nobody, you don't have any competition. They're all on on the holidays. On the holidays. Wow. Are you kidding me? That's you know what you know what's great about this time of year when you're talking about sales is when you're talking to the guys, they're finally like done. They're like, listen, man, let's just have a conversation. This is what's going on. Guys drop their gloves and let you know like what they're really dealing with. You know? Yeah, they do. And then when from there you can uh, you can move forward. So so I wanna you know, I, I'm you have a unique perspective on the world and on sales. How did that come about? I mean, you, you did not grow up in Hinsdale, Illinois, or I did not. I grew up in the hood, big time, and seventh in Michigan. So you were not a privileged white guy. No. Okay. So how how can you and you teach privileged white guys? I first of all, I hate the mm-hmm. word privilege, right? Because I think mm-hmm. it's BS, but. Like, how did it come together, man? Like, like what, what, what did you see, or what was inside you that had that light up? Like, what's what was the mindset? You know, with Carol Dweck talking about. Well, my life started by getting my butt kicked every day. Mm-hmm. You know, I lived in a neighborhood where my goal was to get home alive. Yeah. And when I got to eighth grade, one of my teachers said, "Hey, you ought to go to Saint Ignatius." Yeah. I didn't know what Saint Ignatius you was. You didn't know what so Saint Ignatius go, was. I had no idea what it was, but it is, is one of the finest high schools in the prep, city of Chicago. Prep school in, in, I, I believe it is the finest prep school in the city of Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get over there and I come home crying every day for the first 30 days because it was so hard. I was excelling in public school. Yeah. But here I was competing against everybody and St. Ignatius, the Jesuits beat learning into me, beat critical thinking into me <laughs> and taught me. This is what it takes, Rory. Well, dude. Then I go to. Do you realize you're not stubborn at all, or not a kind of a pain in the butt at all? <laughs> well, the, they got they they got me over that. Oh, okay. 
believe me. Oh my God, and, that's hilarious. But the beatings, yeah. the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> and then I went to Northwestern yeah. and I had no idea that Northwestern was a good school. I wanted to go to Loyola of Chicago. Right. But my mom won't let me sign a national defense loan. So I end up going to Northwestern and come to find out it's this amazing school. Yeah. And there I learned that I have what it takes to succeed. Okay. And then I went to Southern Illinois University and I showed the world that I had what it takes to succeed. Yeah. So it was this, this evolutionary pro- process, but it was butt kicking after butt kicking yeah. after butt kicking. That's how you figure it out, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And I know. there are all, and, and to your point about the show, there are always men mm-hmm. along the way who are pointing toward the top of the hill. Yeah. And if you're willing to listen to them, you will get to the top of the hill. Who were some of the great teachers and the great mentors that you had? Well, I, I can go right to one that you wanted to talk about, and that's Tex Winter. Oh, yeah. He was the, the creator of the triangle offense. He was my coach at Northwestern. Yeah. I was the varsity basketball manager, and he created a junior varsity team so that I could play basketball. That's awesome. And so as the varsity manager, my job was to take the film down into downtown Chicago, wait for it to be developed and to bring it back to him. Mm-hmm. And I would sit up with him all night after every game and listen to him critique the players and wow. watch this, the running of his triple post offense. Yeah. And quite frankly, focus selling is, is built on the principles of the focus selling offense. So in two years, he was my father. Wow. And, you know, my dad left my mom 30 days after they got married when yeah. she told him she was pregnant. Yeah. So he was the first real male influence in my life and he completely changed my life. Yeah. Because he taught me how to think. Yeah. And how to think strategically and powerfully. Yeah. 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 There's a there's have you ever read the book Anti Fragile? No. By Talib? Yeah, it's it's <clears throat> his it's his book. And and when I first picked it up, I thought of you, man. It's it's his yeah. book about it it the basic premise of that that doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? But it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's more than that. It's like it, with every failing, every misstep, every error, if you take it apart and learn from it, you can grow and develop and actually become stronger. So it's like if you break your leg, right, when it heals, that part of your leg will probably never break again. It may break That's above right. and below that, right? So it's, yeah. it's, this, it's this idea that if we continue on and don't stop, like keep taking on what we – what we're taking on and learn from it. Yeah, we may get some bumps and bruises, but we're going to come out the other end pretty, you know, pretty rock solid. And that's what I love about that. So thanks for sharing that story about text, man. That's very cool. Well, and I want to tell you one more, having been raised by women, I had no toughness. And so the assistant coach, Rich Falk, when he knew that I wanted to play junior varsity ball, he said, you can't play, you're soft. (laughs) So he said, I'm going to play you one-on-one after every practice and he would throw the ball and hit me in the crouch crotch he'd throw the ball hit me in the face every time i went up for a shot and he fouled me when i whined he'd say shut up and take the ball out yeah he would extend the game so that i couldn't win and it took me two weeks to figure out how to beat him yeah yeah i went from scoring 10 points a game to scoring 31 points a game because my mouth was shut my eyes were focused and i was tough yeah Hey man, I mean, when, this is what men do for men. 
This, this when, you, when we come back, I want to talk about this thing because there's a lot of conversation about absent fathers. There's a lot of conversation. There's a lot of young men that are being raised by women. And yeah. I assert it's a problem. And it the, is. the world doesn't. I want to talk about that because you're walking depiction of a way that it can work. So you, know, you had mentioned that you grew up without really any male leadership or fatherhood around you. And uh, right. that's kind of a phenomenon in the world today. A huge percentage of young men and young boys are, are raised without fathers. And uh, that's right. there's the whole thing of the absent father. And, and you and I are both dads. And we have mm-hmm. uh, uh, active and ongoing and, and you know, at times challenging, but really pretty positive relationships with our kids, right? Because they're kids and we're idiots, you know? So, I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. it's, it's a dynamic and ongoing and ever-changing relationship, but it, the fact that it matters, there's a relationship there. So I just want to get your take on, what do you say to uh, all the people out there that um, think fatherhood, fathers aren't necessary or, or whatever the narrative that's going on? Well, that's absolutely ridiculous. I, you know, I could have been a billionaire, Mike, if, if I had decided to make my career my life yeah. and then stand up in front of people at the end and say, well, I just like to apologize to my kids that I didn't raise you, but I'm really glad I made a billion dollars. Right. Right. And I, I had one of my clients send a consultant to me and the consultant asked me a really simple question. How much money is enough? Yep. And I'll spare you the story, but it was a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. And then my financial advisor said, yeah, and let's do that in 60 days so that you can be home to raise your kids. So I worked 60 days and mm-hmm. I made the amount of money I wanted to make. Yeah. And I spent the other 305 raising my two sons. Yeah. And, you know, they, they went on a four-year period where they didn't talk to me. Right. And, you know, I consider that unfortunate. The one thing we can't teach kids is maturity. But (laughs) the one thing they cannot say is that I was absent from their lives. Correct. And everything they have become Mm -hmm. has my fingerprints all over it. And men need men. Families need men. And men have abandoned for years have abandoned their responsibility to their wives, to their women, yeah. to their children. That, that's and I a, think that's ridiculous. That's the point that that's, you know, I did a, a Ted talk uh, earlier in the year. I, I started this show and it's really about, and it, you know, people, you know, it's, it, it's a pro masculine pro man show. And, and, and my stand is pro men and not that it's to the exclusion of women, but women have done a really good job of networking and making themselves feel good. And Oprah's led the charge and there's all this self-awareness with women and God bless them. Right. And men haven't done that. Men have kind of, uh, you know, we're really good at like going off on our own and going to kill the, what we need for ourselves and to not talking to anybody else, you know? So the men have abdicated the responsibility of men. You know, they've abdicated the responsibility of leadership and it, you see it in business where, they will stop leading solely to generate result, you know, and it's, yeah. and results are measured a lot of different ways. It's not just the finances. No, it's not, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things, you know, and, and, you know, this isn't to blow sunshine up your keister, but it's one of the things that I got out of the learning, the sales process, the way we do it is it's, it's a really holistic process. And, you know, it's like, if something happens over here, there's a ripple effect over there and you got to be responsible for it. And so, and that's kind of the thing that, 
that I see that's so necessary now is this raising awareness, having guys be be aware and owning the ripple effect of who they are, what they do, and who they be. And mm-hmm. I don't know how to get that message out loud enough so it makes the impact so that guys start to wake up. It's it's a little bit frustrating over here right now, you know? Yeah, it doesn't have to be loud. It has well, to be I don't consistent. It yeah. has to be over and over and over and over again. Because, you know, I'm, I'm single now. Yeah. And when I date, mm-hmm. one of the things that is really hilarious to me is kind of standing outside the relationship and yeah. looking in. And the women that I date are not used to being with men. They're used to being with little boys who are in men's bodies. And when a man is being a man, a woman can be a woman. Correct. And so a lot of times these women will start taking on the man role and I'll say, excuse me, please, that I'll do that. I'll be the man, you be the woman, just relax. And you see this calm come over women when you're being the man and they're able to be the woman and there's not this gender fighting stupidity that goes on. Yeah. And so, you know, men need to, to realize how important their impact is to women too. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what women are chirping about, ah, blah, 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 (laughs) equality and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Talk whatever you want. Yeah. But when you're being honest, you know that you're a woman and that you, as a woman, you are wired up a certain way. And the way we are wired up as men is different. And you need that energy from us. What do you, what do you, and, yeah, what do you yeah, do about all these feminized men? Well, you know, I, 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 there's a particular culture. I won't bag on the culture, but what the, what the women in the culture do mm-hmm. is wait on the men hand and foot. And then the kid grows up worthless. The male child grows up worthless. And then the women hate him. Yeah. Nice. That's what happens. And, you know, for me, I was raised by three women. So I was soft. I thought like a woman. Yeah. Well, you get into business and there are guys and they're doing all this guy stuff, grunting and talking about cars and mechanical stuff and you know, I didn't know anything about that. I was talking about feelings and, yeah. and deep conversation and intimacy. And <laughs> I had to learn how to be a guy. Wow. And yeah. I'm glad I did. And I'm glad I am because yeah. women prefer men. Exactly. And it's, it's not even that. It's, I, I, I see these men that are just like they won't deal with challenges head on. They won't make decisions. They won't engage in the thing that's right in front of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, yeah. and you see it in organizations all the time. How do, you, how do you train a guy who's, you know, one of these quote-unquote beta males who's very sensitive, right, and how to actually man up and go do the business of generating new business, of, of developing new business, developing new relationship, standing in the face of no agreement. You have to put them in a position to get the crap kicked out of them. There are so many men in business who have never had their, their butts oh, kicked. Oh, my God, I know. And, you know, I had my sons in Taekwondo. Yeah. And my older son, when he was going for his black belt test, mm-hmm. I paid the instructors to beat him <laughs> it took him two weeks to recover from the, the butt kicking that he, he got because I didn't want him to be one of these guys in business who's never had their butt kicked. 
So, Rory, we live in this time, though, where if, if kids in fifth grade start fighting, it's like it's a, you know, it, it's, it's this horrible event, you know? It is, yeah. Like, but you can, you can get kick people's butt mentally. No, I know, I know. And, and that's what is my specialty as a consultant that I just kick people's butt mentally, you know, it, and go ahead. No, I was just saying, I, so I was sitting with, did you ever meet Greg Oxberger in fantasy? No, I don't think, I don't so. think well, it's Janstow, me and Ox. Okay. Uh-huh. And, um, uh, we're sitting around drinking beer in Berwyn. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know what we figured out the solution, like every dude should go spend two years in Berwyn. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Like you, would Absolutely. Get, you'd get your stuff worked out real quick. We had the mayor of Berwyn sitting right here and I told him that I said, you know, and, and he doesn't even know that's the deal, you know, but mm-hmm. everybody, like every business leader and you did your time in Berwyn, you had to, you know, that's how you played softball, right? You had to exactly. like, yeah. And it's, it's like, there's a perspective and, and I never knew it and I never understood it until much, much later. And it's all about that. It's you get knocked down in a million different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, and nobody's there to, you know, create a safe space for you. There's no cuddling. You get up, mm-hmm. you dust yourself off and you go forward in, in a world that doesn't appreciate that anymore. How can yeah, we, that's right. how can we get that lesson? Cause I, I'll tell you what, dude, if you bring that to some organizations, they're going to say you're abusive and you're this and you're that, you know? And yeah. I, I think one of the things that people don't get is how tough life can be. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They really don't. I, you know, I, I even see this in marriages where, you know, there's the man energy and the woman energy and the woman energy dominates. So the man is, you know, the kid falls down and starts crying and the man says, get up, get up, yep. just get up. You don't have to cry every time. Just get up. Yep. And the woman, oh, baby, come here. Did you hurt yourself? Oh, my goodness. And yep. then when the man says, no, just leave him alone, he'll be fine. Then they're fighting as if. As if the kid only requires female energy, requires female energy and male energy. And then what ends up happening, the guy then, to keep peace, abdicates his role. Absolutely. And I've seen it. Yeah. They just abdicate their role, you know? They do. And and I'm seeing that's the play that most dudes are doing now. Because I don't think it's it's unknown. It's they don't know. How do we we address that, Dad? How do we address face-to-face and say, this is the end of the line. We've got to start call, bringing stuff back because that's, that's the challenge. I don't know where the line is. You know, I have this commitment to limitless acceptance of imperfection and zero tolerance for BS. And I have mm-hmm. a difficult time pointing out where that line is. You know? Well, I think, I think uh, there are classes that you can go to that address men's issues. I went to one at College of DuPage mm-hmm. and we had guys in there from, 17 to 80 yeah and there were guys who were gay there were guys mm-hmm. who were straight there were guys who were weak there were guys who were strong yeah. and we sat and talked for 13 weeks yeah and we talked about every man issue that there is yeah and i came out of that change yeah and at the end each one of us brought some article that was special to us yeah and put it on a table, and each one of us walked away with an article that was different than the one we brought. Yeah. And I still have that article, and I still remember the male lessons that I learned there. That's awesome. Yeah. 
There are, there are a lot of those. Your show is one of those things. No, absolutely. And that's the intention of it is really, and that's what we're here to do is to actually raise the issue of what it means. And, and what I love about what you just said, dude, is there's not a right way. It's actually, it's touching into what is your authentic expression of masculinity? What's your authentic expression of being the dude that you are, right? Without yeah, concern. Right. And, and it, you're going to mess it up once in a while, you know? So anyway, we're going to have to take a break pretty soon. But, dude, it's so cool to have you here, man. And uh, Yeah. We, got, we, we got, need to have more than one of these shows. No, so. we, we will definitely have more than one of these. So what I'm going to do, we're going we're gonna to take a break in a bit, and I want to come back, and I want to talk about your church. You're listening to Into the Gap, the podcast, where we bring you highlights of our weekly radio show, which airs Saturdays at 1 o'clock Central Time on WCGO AM and FM, Evanston, Chicago. Dallas Cowboy Hall of Fame coach Tom Landry once said, a coach is someone who has you see what you don't want to see and has you hear what you don't want to hear so you can always be the person you knew yourself to be. Hello, I'm Mike Sherrick, founder and president of the Mike Sherrick Group and Mike Sherrick Coaching. We are an executive coaching and leadership development organization with offices in Berwyn, Illinois and Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Successful organizations begin with the self-awareness and authenticity of its leaders. And in today's world, we are all leaders. If you or your organization has a big vision or you know there's another level you can go to, please give us a call at 630-643-6336. If you're one of the first three people who call us today, you will be eligible for a free IMX leadership assessment and debrief, a $550 value free to you and your organization. So give us a call at 630-643-6336 and take it on. Let's go back to the show now. Here's my partner, Mike Sherrick. Hey, we're back. It's Mike Sherrick. This is Into the Gap with my guest. Uh, so welcome back, dude. Um, yeah. Hey, man, I want to talk about the Barah Ministries. You're the pastor yes. of the church. And uh, do you have your own building now? You're not doing out of your... No, we don't. We're raising money this year to get a building. We own okay. the land and we own the architectural plans, mm-hmm. but we need $3 million to build the building. And so we're seeking that through grants from various uh, philanthropic organizations. We're really excited about it. Yeah, cool. You know, you know, if you put attention to it, that you would do that in about four hours. <laughs> it's going to happen in 2020, believe me. No, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's awesome. You probably need me to sell the deal for you. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be fine. I am not proud. I would take a gift. That's awesome. So talk about it. Tell me what it's about, what it's founded, and what's the what's really the intention behind it. So bara is B A R A H, yeah, and it's the fifth word of the Bible. Oh. And in the beginning, God created. It's a Hebrew word. Yeah. It's really spelled B A R A. Okay, but people pronounce it bara, and so we put the A H on so they'd pronounce it right. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when God created the earth and the universe, he spoke it into existence from nothing. Mm. And I really believe that all of us are nothings and God is the something. Yeah. And our job is to find out what he can do with nothings. Yeah. And he puts the worst nothings up front. That's why I'm a pastor. <laughs> and so you should never put a pastor on a pedestal because we're the worst people. And that's why we're up front. God is sending a message that you don't have to be all that special yeah. to be on his team. But what makes us unique is we teach the word of God, the Bible, from God's perspective and not from man's perspective. Yeah. And when you teach things from God's perspective, it's a whole different thing because where God is coming from 
is unconditional love, yep. forgiveness, yep. and grace when you make mistakes. Yep. And man is not coming from any of those three places. <laughs> no, he's if, coming if, from If you power. do something wrong with a person, they power. do not love you unconditionally. Nope. They do not forgive you. Nope. And they are not going to be gracious about your mistake. No, and they're gonna, it's about power and control and leverage and all this other stuff, man. That's, exactly. So when people yeah. come into Barah Ministries to hear a lesson, they're scared to death that it's going to be like every other church. And when they leave, they go, wow, none of my body parts fall, fell off. I can't believe it. Yeah. And, you know, we just we know that Jesus Christ is God, that God, the son took on the form of man. That's what this season Christmas is all about, yeah. that God, the, <laughs> the son took on the form of true humanity mm-hmm. and came to earth and lived among us for 33 years and then went to a cross to die so that he could pay for the sins of all mankind. So every sin that everybody has ever committed, past, present and future was credited to his account and judged. Yep. And now what what's possible is a relationship with Jesus Christ if you want one. You know, bud, when you say this, it's it's uh there's so much what you just shared is just like pinging off me. So the, the first thing you said is is God spoke into reality, the world, right? People, the world, the earth, right? Exactly. And, and you know, we're we're created in God's likeness, right? So that's correct what I got was the power of like our own declaration absolutely about how we create. Right. And, yes. and how there's no need for evidence. There's just commitment. And and you said it right here. It's going to happen this year. We're going to get this thing built in 2020. You just, it's John Kennedy saying we're going to the moon. Right. Exactly. And it, the power of declaration is real. I didn't realize it was, it began in the fifth word of the Bible. You know, that's exactly where it began. But, but yeah, that's really powerful. The other thing you said is, um, you know, you're making jokes about pastors being horrible people, right? And I'm aligned with the Reverend Al Sharpton being one of the most horrible humans on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I look at like people in leadership, right? People that when you put someone in leadership, what's the first thing we do with them? We, we, we critique them. You know, we judge them, we, we make them out to be horrible, we point out all their flaws and all their mistakes, right? That's, that's the nature of leadership. And yes. how often does that activity interfere with the message and the mission of the leader, right? Always. Yeah. And, it and, does. And I'm thinking there's no greater example and no more flawed human than Donald Trump being president, right? Correct. I mean, the guy is a classic butthead. Right. Exactly. You know, he spent no time in Berwyn. He didn't get his ass kicked. Right. Right. So he's up there in front and I'm, and I'm wondering, he's clearly a flawed human. He is. And something's different, you know? Yeah. What's different is he actually cares about our country. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. There's something different here and the amount of pushback and, and, and everything. And it's really funny because what they're pointing to him being kind of a difficult person to like and align with is true he's a jerk absolutely true but they're not But it's irrelevant it's exactly that's the whole point it's irrelevant what what's relevant is he's doing stupid stuff like thinking that he should look over a trade deal and see if it's good for the united states yeah like and he's actually trying to put limits on the abuses of china over the last 20 or 30 years right because because why because our business leaders would go to china and sell out because there was this $1.5 billion marketplace they wanted a t- taste of. 
and not exactly. look at the impact on IP and all this other stuff. And this yeah. guy's actually got the, you know, the huevos to step up and, and confront that. He does. And, I, I enjoy <laughs> it when he criticizes his critics. Because when have you ever seen a president do that where, you know, they're they're abusing him and he abuses them right back. And usually it's somebody abuses a president and the president tries to be politically correct and say all the right things. And he doesn't do that. I love that about him. Well, he's so diametrically opposed to Barack Obama. Right. Absolutely. You could not get two guys more different than each other, you know. Thank, thank goodness. Well, yeah. <laughs> for I, I, my wallet, <laughs> I get in trouble for my criticism of Barry Obama because, you know, he was just a Chicago street hustler that was part of the Democratic machine in the south side of Chicago, right? Correct. And his godfather was Emil Jones, you know? Who yeah, was no- and then he became an elitist at Yale. Yeah, exactly. So other than that, he's fine. He did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> he did an awesome job. <laughs> he did a fantastic job. So anyway, man... Yeah. Um, yeah, so so cool. So what's what's the um, tell us it's a little bit more about your church and about what are the cool things it's doing, how people can get connected to it. Well, we have an app. Oh, do you really? Uh, that's of course available you do. in the Google Play Store, in the Apple App Store, and in the Microsoft Store, yeah. where you can see all of our lessons. They're all online. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, it is. And so you can have a lesson where you learn about God in your pocket. And we teach the Bible verse by verse. We're in first Corinthians, Oh, cool! which is the seventh book of the Bible. We're in the second chapter. I, oh my God. I just read a cha- a verse from first Corinthians called, uh, grow where you're planted or bloom where you're planted, I believe is what it is, you know? And it, gotcha. and I saw it and I'm like, Oh my God, so many people have to have everything right for them to have, you know, their feelings aligned. Right. So it just, I, I saw that and I'm going, wow, that's a very, very powerful verse. So, well, that's, yeah, that's what I was telling you earlier. The, the company that we met in, I did not fit there, but I stayed there. Absolutely. So brother, we're going to, we're going to have to shut this thing down, man. We got about 45 seconds left. It's been so cool to be with you and share time with you like this. Yeah. It's always uh, good to be with you, Mike. Yeah, man. Uh, anything else you want to say? You want to yell at me about anything? Go White no, Sox. I don't. I, I just want you to know how much I love you. <laughs> Thank the, you, man. The years that we've been friends, you are a dear friend, and yeah. I'm just ecstatic that we'll get to spend an eternity together in heaven. That's awesome, brother. Rory, thank you. Merry Christmas to everyone. Happy Merry Festivus Christmas on Tuesday. Happy uh, winter solstice to the pagans out there, right? <laughs> All right? I'll see you. Be good. Bye-bye. Please allow us to thank you for listening to this show, as we are only too aware that your support makes it possible. 